And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is the Weighing In Podcast, show number 199. We are one away from the Big 200, and we were in Dublin, Ireland. That's why we are wearing these incredible shades right now. They were given to us by our podcast brothers from the Energize Show. Those guys are awesome. And what we're going to do is any crowd that can beat the Dublin crowd as far as energy, excitement, and just damn fun, we will get glasses to represent that country and put them on our podcast because the Irish fans deserve every bit of they are the greatest fans in the world when it comes to fighting. Incredible. I think everyone should try to beat them. But right now, Josh, I've been all over. They are the best. Definitely the best. We, Like you said, we are one show away from 200, but we're almost close to 330. 330. We're going to go tree to show number 330 is what we're going to be. That's the only part I can say, to be honest. I'm rocking the glasses. I'm not rocking them for the whole no. show, fellas. Okay, I'm gonna, But no, we had a blast. It's always a blast. It's definitely my most favorite place to go when we have our events for Bellator. The crowd's great. The people are great outside of even the event. The week of, it's been, it's, it's amazing. We go to the Jameson's, we do that mixology class. It's just fun. We get a group of us and everyone goes. We have a great time. And uh, the people there are just absolutely amazing. So it's always a, it's always an amazing show to go to. Um, but before we get started, so make sure you guys go to our main channel. If you guys are watching this, these guys are on our main channel. The link down below. We did a little face-off between Colby Covington and Kamara Usman before. You guys can check that out on our other show called Wayne Interjection that we only have available on our Clips channel. There's a link down below in our main channel. Hit that link. That'll take you to our Clips channel and hit and then hit that subscribe button. Well, we've been traveling around the world. That's why the podcast is dropping a little late today. And people have been sliding in my DMs all morning saying, hey, when's the show going to drop, John? John, how are they going to find out when the show drops? Can you They're let them going know? to... Look at that bell. Hit the bell. It will say subscribe, which will actually allow us to give you a notification when the show's coming out without you having to slide into poor Josh Thompson's DMs, man. <laughs> oh, I love it, though. I love it. Yeah, we had a great show last night with the Fight Capan and uh, with Brennan Schaub and Chris D'Elia and Brian Callen. Those guys, it was it was fun, entertaining. I was tired. Had a Just whiskey a little and a half. Exhausted. And next thing you know, I could could barely keep my my eyes open and slur my words a little bit but it was fun we had a great time um here flew back this morning and now we're filming our show but it's gonna get released if you guys hit that bell you guys will figure out when it drops so um but hey we got a lot we to talk do about, but it's so time to take these started. off so i can actually see <laughs> all right let's talk uh, let's go let's go through the bellator show first since it happened first and then mm -hmm. we'll go through the other combat sports because there's so much to talk about amazing what was the fight on the prelims that you liked the most? Uh, I like the... So the Skatizi fight was, was good. Really good. The way it... Yeah, the way that it, there was a lot of action towards the end there. It was awesome. Great little... It was a great fight. There was back and forth. Skatizi looked tired almost the whole time um, after the first two and a half minutes of the but first round. Going, of the first round, yeah. He, he looked exhausted. But uh, he kept going. He kept putting things together, and he was hiding that head kick really well. Brought it up fast, and uh, yeah, he got it there quickly, and it had, it had success with it. It was a good little fight. Um, you know, a lot of little errors. Who Brian looked like? How do you say his last Hoy. name? Hoy. Yeah, Hoy, Hoy boy. 
he reminded me he reminded me of the fighting style which he reminded me of a little bit like a Nick and Nate Diaz. But the thing with those guys, when they hit you, they then they up it and they go harder and faster. And you know they try to they try to get you out of there. He was just doing the pitter patter even when he landed clean shots. You gotta you gotta know when you you're able to rock them or hurt them or get them off balance. Then you go ahead and unleash a couple hard ones and then go back to going soft if you can't get them out of there. And so uh, he just he didn't have he didn't have a very good game plan. He just started not, not showing the respect. So he had a game a good game plan in terms of walking him down and throwing the combinations, but he didn't have a good game plan in terms of getting him out of there. He, he just didn't. It wasn't working. The, his style, of which he was doing, it wasn't working. So, but it was a fun really fight. Fun. I loved the one that came after it, just based on yes. the tenacity of you know, when when you look at a guy that he's he's super strong in one area and the other areas. You look and you go, he can hang, but that's just not his where he's suited. And his opponent is basically the complete opposite. You know, Siren Clark is, he's a great grappler, but man, he is tough as hell. He mm-hmm. took a knee to the chin that raised his head. I was like, how in the world did he not go down off of that blow? Because Barton was all over him for a lot of the standup. And he kept taking Barton down and just grinding on him, landing really big shots, good shots. And eventually, in the end, man, you know, he got the rear naked choke. It was beautifully done. The guy is just a freaking junkyard dog, as we always talk about, man. He's, but he's got—he's an Irish hound junkyard dog, man. He is fun to watch because he is relentless. And you look at someone that just doesn't back down, never gives in, never stops. He's fun to watch, and that was a great fight. I felt bad for Barton because he put on such a great performance in that so both of them should be proud of themselves for what they did so i was i had to rush to the the restroom like <laughs> in the middle of that fight so um but no so who was who when you, when you were doing the scoring on that card who was winning that fight had it one one had it one one you know because the barton had, uh, clark won the first and then barton won the second or was yeah, it i'm trying split? to remember going back to it but uh it was um I want to say that Barton won the first and Clark won the second, but I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Because every time I looked over, John, Clark was taking a huge oh. shot, either a punch, a knee, yep. uppercut, whatever it was. He was oh, hitting holy, hit. right. Clark and won the first, like, Barton won the second. You know, and so I felt like Clark was the – when I watched the first round, Clark was putting a lot of pressure, but he wasn't really having a lot of success getting the takedown and controlling the top position. So I wasn't sure how much – how much uh, credit they gave yeah, to that, yeah. but uh, it was a good fight, and that crowd went electric when he when he got the submission <sighs> at the end. I was like, "Holy shit!" It was it was awesome to see. It was like it was almost like watching a soccer game, I'd imagine, where they just all jumped up at the one time when the goal was scored. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. Um, other than that, though, we started off. I told you guys a, a while back. I said, "Hey, you guys, keep an eye out for this kid, uh, Elias Boulade. He's tough. He's good on the feet." I think a little bit of the pressure got to him. Sure, a little did. Bit, he got John. bumped up, man. Um, he wasn't supposed to be on the main card. Yeah, and then he got put on that main card as the opening fight, and you could tell he came out guns blazing on fire, and guns blazing. And then it was like the second round out of ammunition. Dump. It was like, <laughs> yeah, he was exhausted. I mean, he was able to still get the win. Um, it was tight. It, it was a close. It was a close fight. But uh, Sasu was a lot tougher than I thought. You were saying that he was a lot tougher, but remember, all the old footage I could see from him was from like two years ago, oh, two that, and a half, three years ago. That's the last ago. time he fought. I mean, he he went on a hiatus. Yeah. He had first fought in like, you know, I want to say 2016, somewhere in there, and then mm-hmm. just stopped and then had one fight mm-hmm. 
you know, since then, back when he stopped. But the guy can fight, man. I hope I hope to see him again yeah. because he's got he was he's got really good stand up. It's not as good as Belade, but Belade is just dynamic on the feet, and very fast. Mm-hmm. But Sasu was right there with him. And he had some great stand-up moments, but he kept on working for the takedowns, which kind of, it worked for him. He was doing a good job with Belay. That kept him out of trouble at times. And and it, I think it definitely exhausted Belay to a point. But he was ready for all that grappling and stuff. But just a great performance by both. It was a close fight. You know, the judges, I think it was a split decision. And it could have gone either way. I had Belay winning, but I can understand where you look and you say, eh, Sasu did some great work in that. So it was... All the fights were really close. You know, it was funny. Yeah. For, the, for the judges, that's one of those ones you look and you go. And same thing, you know, with the UFCs. There were ones you go, that's, t- that's a tough fight. So, Yeah, see, that was the thing with Boulade. He came out on fire, had the adrenaline dump, started slowing down a little bit. And he was, then he went from throwing, like, punches and kick combinations to just one throwing ones. Yeah. One kick, one punch. Yeah, one, two. And that was about it. He started getting away from it all. But um, Sasu, he was one of those guys that just didn't, he never got out of position. He was he was real defensive, very clean on his feet, like you said. Didn't have as much output, though, on the feet. He should have had a little bit more output. I think he would have won the yeah. fight. And I had I had, a, I had it being a split also. I mean, in terms of, like, I leaned towards Boulade, but I could see why they went the other way. Because Sasu was one of the takedowns. He was getting the top position. He wasn't doing a whole lot with it, but he was able to create some damage, and he was able to posture up and do some striking. Um, but it was it was good, and you could tell that he had slowed Blade down. So I I, I I could see why it was a split. But overall, yeah, it was the, a good bo- fight. the body attack and the body shots by Blade, I thought that was the difference. Really, yeah. he landed some really clean body shots. I, I give it to Sasu. Man. I was looking at some of those, going, "All right, that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's I give up right there." Outside of the Clark fight, I thought the next fight, Pedro Cavallo and or Cavallo and uh, Dale Weichel was the fight of the oh. night. And I, I I know we talked about the the main event was a was a good fight and so with the with the co-main with uh, James Gallagher and stuff so good fight with Mix good yep. fight but this fight was one of those ones that had a little bit of everything had the wrestling had the grappling had the striking had the nice knockdowns. body work and the kicks guys getting knockdowns. hurt it was yep. yeah it was a good yeah. fight it was a good fight so we're um, I'm happy for Pedro he we had to come to Jesus talk with him uh, he, he had she had to come to Jesus talk yep. with himself which made it easier for us to have this conversation with him as well when we were in the fighter meetings. And he's like, look, I saw, I saw what was happening to me. I saw that I was, I was my head was getting too big and that's hard. That's hard for fighters to realize. Six years old, man. You know? Um, yeah. He's, he's young. He's young. He, and, you know, you know, he's, he looks like he's 35, he like he's 46. And I'm, yeah. Pedro, I'm not trying <laughs> no, to he's knock in you, shape buddy. and everything, but man, <laughs> you know, the hair is receded. Yeah. He's going bald, which is, he's gone all the way bald, smart move and everything. But yeah, yeah it's uh He's but he's a good fighter. He's a good he fighter. Is. He just he got ahead of himself. He's got to lurk. He's got to work more on moving his oh. head offline when he strikes, keeping the chin down. He took some clean shots, you know. But I like the way that he fought this fight because Dale Weichel is a fucking stud. I mean, I know he's getting older in age. You know, he's starting to slow down yep. a little bit, and you know he's in shape. Look at his body and look at you know he's in shape. But he was tired from that pressure. Pedro brought the pressure. He brought that 26-year-old pressure. <laughs> and Daniel Weichel had a hard time keeping up with it being 30. Oh, he's 36. Sorry, not 38. He's 36 years old. He had a hard time keeping the, the pace with that 26. 10 years is a long time. 36, you're going to start struggling a little bit. A little bit. But, he, yeah, it was good. It was a good fight. It was yeah, a fun fight. Yeah, and watching it, you know, in fact, 
as as we as the fight was going on, I said, "Man, he's got to start every time, and he, he does it all the time. Every time that Pedro goes into his southpaw stance, his head movement stops. It stays in the center line, hmm. and he goes to an orthodox. He'll swing his head out, but if he goes back to the southpaw stance, and this is something you know, you can see, I can see, and if we can see it, any coach, any fighter that's going to you know fight him is going to be able to know." When he's in a southpaw stance, he tends to keep his head right on the center line. He's got to he's got to really take a look at that because that's where Daniel Weichel was blasting him. When he would go into the southpaw stance, that head stayed right down the center as he was throwing his shots, and Daniel would just reach out to where it was where he saw it at, and he was tagging him, and it was affecting him. It put Pedro on on his ass at one point, but you got to give him credit, man. He fought tough. He bit down on his mouthpiece. He got himself back, and he, that. His kicks to the body, he throws that thing very quick. And there's not a whole yeah. lot of setup, so it's hard for, you know, sometimes he'll do it raw dog, sometimes he'll do it behind his hands. But, man, when he throws it, it's got power. You can see that yeah. it definitely hurts because Baishel at times was really starting to bear down. Try to He was dropping his hands down from his head down to his body to get his elbows in tight to his sides because they were having an effect on him, so... Just a great fight between both of them. I really enjoyed it, and it was a ton of heart, a ton of just character going on in that fight because neither guy was giving an inch. Neither guy wanted to to lose to the other. This was their moment. They were going to say, nope, I'm the better guy, and it just got to that point where I, th- I thought it was right that uh, Carvalho won. When Pedro came into into Bellator, that kick is really what set up his run. His He, he came in 4-0. You know, he came in and won yep. four in a row. But he, the reason why is because he everything came off of that kick, and but he also would throw combinations off of it, use his grappling off of it, and that's kind of what he went back to in this fight. And for him to do it against Dale Weichel, who is just like I said, is a full on technician, but you can tell that he's slowing down, and that was some of the problem that Pedro just had the pace. He had that twenty six year old pace that just got all over him, and Daniel was having a hard time keeping up with the young buck. And uh, we're gonna see, man. I think he's learned. I think Pedro's learned a lot from himself. Yeah. And what what he needs to do, and at that at that age, sure, it's, I mean, it's, I can speak from experience. I had one of the biggest fucking heads in the game at 26 <laughs> years old. At that age, you're thinking to yourself, you're unstoppable, and you're not. Yeah. You're not. So, but uh, tip my hat for him recognizing it, and uh, you know, on to the next one, my yeah. friend. On to the next one. Um, okay, so this next fight though with Patchy Mix and James Gallagher, there was a lot. There's a lot to talk about, yeah. John. You have someone like Patchy Mix, talented. We know how good he is. He, I don't want to say he's a one-trick pony, but he is very heavy in the grappling yes. department. Stand-up is okay. It's not great, but he's got he's got some techniques in the stand-up. You know, he, he does throw kicks. He's got long arms. He's got a good jab, good one-two. But his bread and butter is, is, is grappling. But he also came in overweight. So I know he only missed it by a pound and a half. But you got to remember, he gets the one pound allowance, so it's actually two and a half pounds. Knowing that he didn't have to cut those extra two and a half pounds, or that extra pound and a half, I tell people this, and people know this. Majority of people that listening to our show know this. That last two pounds, or that last pound and a half, that's the most difficult weight to it's hard, cut. It's harder that's to cut those two pounds than it is the fifteen before. Yeah, and so knowing that he didn't suffer and didn't have to suffer or didn't make himself suffer that. And then also not depleting his body to the point to make the weight that has an effect on the fact that he potentially had more energy going into that third round. I'm not saying that he should, that I don't know what I'm saying here. I mean, it's really, it's, it's hard for me to say, like, I don't want to dig on him because he had a good fight. It was a good fight. 
he was able to come on top, but I really do feel like the size was a factor for James Gallagher. And when he when he was when so? he got on top of James, really? yeah, I think so. I, I mean, at so. the, at, at I, the, I still I still look at James as a baby. That's why, like, but he's he, not. He's developing a little bit but more. He's not. He's, he's not. He's twenty. And you can now, see right? he's starting to actually have. He's Fill starting out. his frames building out. He's having a strength to him. I was really impressed with the way he was fighting, and I think if there was anybody that was equally impressed, it was Patchy Mix because. Patchy thought he was going to run through him. There was no doubt in his mind, I'm better you know, than him everywhere. And it, that was clear that he wasn't. And there was moments yeah. he was struggling, and there, there was things about the fight you can look at, and they both had their moments. But the guillotine attack was, it was like, all right, we're not going to do anything besides guillotines throughout this yeah. fight. And it's like, sometimes you got to slow down, think about what you're doing. But I was really impressed with the stand-up Gallagher at times. You know, he, he came into the fight with all his past fights, really having, as you know, we would say, a martial arts karate style of, you know, very bladed in his attacks and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you could see where he was kind of switching back and forth. He was at sometimes going into that bladed stance, and then sometimes bringing himself more into a kickboxing, boxing-centric type of stance. And I think that's what you're seeing from, you know, his time at Glory MMA with James Krause. But it's just not ingrained in his hard drive the way that he can just, you know, do it without thinking about it. He's he's automatically going back to that that stance, and yeah. that stance is meant for people that you know, if you're there, you got to be pretty damn quick, or you got to be pretty long. And when you're not as long as your opponent, yeah, the kicks can reach out, but it's going to leave you out of position a lot of times, and you're your opponent can take advantage of it. But there was a lot of, you know, mind games, a lot of things going on between it. And there was, you know, there was a question of, oh, Gallagher, is he going to fight? Because, you know, Patchy didn't make weight. And I thought it would have been a huge mistake. Even though he got a loss, I thought it would have been a huge mistake on James' part to not take that fight. And uh, I thought he did. I thought he fought hard. Yeah, he got caught. And you could tell when the guillotine was on, it was like, oh, now he's he's got problems, man. That's tight. And as soon as he went to his side, you know, oh, you're in deep trouble because Patchy actually yeah. it had his legs trapped, you know, and had figure forward the legs and was you know rolled up to the top position, which it only gets much tighter and you know the pressure becomes intense. And he had to tap. But honestly, I was impressed with his performance because there's yeah. no doubt in my mind this is by far the best you know opponent he's ever faced. You know, he does have a loss to uh, Bandejas, but Patchy is a way better fighter overall than Ricky Bandejas. And I like Ricky Bandejas, but he's just not as dangerous as Patchy when it comes to the MMA as a sport. And Gallagher had, you know, he had a lot going on. That thing went into the third round. I had it even going into the third round. I know yeah, I know I a lot too. of people were saying, no, I thought Patchy mixed. I go, no, man, I, you know, Gallagher, no. that, was, that was an even fight going in there. So it was up for grabs. And I, this is the kind of fight you can really take. And yeah, it's a loss. But if you're James Gallagher, you can really build off of this thing because you're starting to prove yourself. You're not the kid anymore. And that's what I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will look and they hear all the rhetoric and they hear, you know, who, you know, the things he says and they believe he's just, he's a Connor clone. And man, he says a lot of really good things. And he, he talks about, you know, Hey, my whole thing is I don't care about the money. I care about the greatness. I want to chase these things, and those are championships. Hey, 
That's the way to look at it. Because if you chase those things and you're successful, guess what comes with it? Mm-hmm. The money. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. He showed yep. me a lot. I was, I was impressed. Um, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I didn't know how he would pan out. I know his last fight, his last fight, he um, was his first fight with, with James Krause. But it was only like, I think the last like two weeks or three weeks, he was only there for a little bit. And so those adjustments, I think we didn't get to see a lot of them, but this fight we saw yeah. a lot of them. And so he looked good. I thought he looked really good. He made some, he, he what he lacked, I think, in this fight was a little bit of fight IQ. Yeah. Some fundamental talk about the fight IQ jumping guillotine when you don't have it fully, you know, or jumping it, jumping to it, knowing that if, if you, if your opponent already knows you're going to jump to it, Patchy did a great job of putting his knee down right in the middle before, right, right before he jumped. So those situations like that creates problems. And so like having the fight IQ to get yourself, use that guillotine to get yourself off the fence, you know, make space, let the hands go. I was surprised how much he was forcing the wrestling and the grappling, especially as he started getting tired, both of them. You know, I know Patchy, that's what he wanted to do because that's his that's, that's his, his bread and butter. That's like almost like his rest position. Yeah, that's his bread and butter. But with James, he could have kept it on the feet. You know, he was having success stopping the takedown. He was having success out in the open uh, uh, cage. He could have done that. He could have just touched and touched and touched, you know, and kept working the body, using his kicks. He just, the fight IQ needs a little bit more time. And, and I think uh, I read something where Connor had brought out something. He's like, look, it's the experience. It's the time in the cage. It's that type of stuff. And it's true. You know, um, he pretty much has grown up in Bellator. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, his fights have, almost all of his fights, I think all of his fights have been in, in Bellator. He's had, he's had a great, he's had a great run. He's going to continue to get better. He's going to learn a lot from this. And it was, this is, like you said, this is by far his toughest, ta- his toughest test was this fight. And I, and I agree with you. It was 1-1, I think, going into the third. And... It's a, it's, I know it's not the result he wanted, but there's a lot of takeaway also. And I don't want to get too personal, but he's got a lot of outside stuff going on right now, which is all positive, but it's a little bit more pressure. Yeah. Well, you know, and so that type gotta of stuff. Gotta grow up, a man. Bit, there's a lot. Yeah. Gotta grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Comes but that I mean, time. I, that's another thing is there comes that time. And so there's a lot of, there was a lot of outside pressure as well. And so in that fight, in this fight, there was a lot going on. And not there wasn't a lot going on for Patchy either. I don't know. I don't know that situation, but. It was still, it's still good. I thought it was a good performance for him. No, it was. Good you stuff. know, for Patchy, it just proves that he belongs in that upper echelon of uh, the bantamweight division. But he's got to make the weight. Got to make the weight, dude. Yeah. Because we talked about it. We talked yeah. to him before, and he said at the you know the day before, as he was starting his cut, he said, "I'm 143. This is going to be easy." Obviously, something happened. Yeah, you know, it's here's the thing though, John. If when you have someone like that, do you put him in the Bantamweight tournament? You have to. You want to. But can you make the weight every single uh, time? Well, you got to. That's the question because he can ruin, you know, your tournament by yeah. not making the weight, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those, it's like I almost have, you know, a standby there. If you don't make weight, I got another person to, to weigh in right now too, you know. And yeah. it's, I know, it. I know that's rough, but <laughs> as a promotion, you know, I think the UFC does a great job of, now with a lot of their big uh, pay-per-views, they bring somebody. If one of those guys can't make it, and you got to look, you say that cost them a lot of money. You know, it's they're obviously paying the guy to weigh in and stuff and do all these things. It's like, but 
do the full camp. the smart yeah. thing to do so you don't upset, you know, what you're trying to, you know, put forward towards the fans. So it's. Yep. Uh, all right. So Patricky Pitbull and Peter Queeley. Before we get to the fight, you got you got to talk about, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there off of, you know, Sean Grande, is the, you know, the guy that we work with for the we well we've worked with this last bit because Morrow's been off doing some really cool stuff and he had the boxing with Canelo, uh, Saturday night so he wasn't in Ireland. And Sean Grande has been you know taking his place. You know, Sean is the play-by-play guy for the Boston Celtics. He's good at what he does. But I'm going to just say he was exceptional when he did the research and knew everything about the song Zombie and gave that little... Now, I'm telling you, man, because I had chills as Peter Queeley is in the... Because, you know, they were going to do this you know, long walkout, and, and that, that song builds. And I, you know, I knew a little bit about the background of the song, but the song was written because of, you know the bombings and the things that happened in Ireland. And it was about two kids that were, you know, some of the last people killed based upon a bomb in a, in a uh, trash can. And he starts saying that. I don't know if you could hear it. You know what? Were no, there, I couldn't. Dude, he does just a phenomenal job of starting to talk about that song as Peter's walking out. Now this is before the words of the song is going on. And he gives that background. He gives the story and he talks about those kids and he talks about, the Cranberries and, you know, the lead singer who's no longer with us. And, and she wrote that song based upon that incident. And it's become this basic national anthem that all those people know every word to that song. And when they start to sing it, yeah. and this is what people don't understand. I don't know, you know, what it sounds like on TV is nothing compared to what it's like live. Josh, you were walking yeah. around <laughs> filming it because it was so freaking you can't hear anything. You can't hear Michael C. Williams. You can't hear a damn thing. And I just want to say that Sean Grandy did a phenomenal job with that piece. You know, that's what a, you know, a true professional does. And then the Irish crowd, by God, you guys are just awesome. Cause that was, it was chilling. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. They, they came alive for, uh, how do you say his name? Kieran Clark. Yeah. Siren, Siren Clark. Yes, Kieran Clark. They came alive when he got the win. And then when James Gallagher walked out, he came alive again for his song. And then also then when uh, Peter Quilly walked out. That crowd, and I tell people this, is that that is the best place to go when it comes to the sporting events. And so it's been, it was every time we go there, it's my favorite place to go. It's, it's the, the fans are amazing. People are amazing. Um, the restaurants and the food, like the food's meh, you know, <laughs> the food's meh. We did all right with, <laughs> Which with, is with our tie, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, um, but Jameson and the Guinnesses are good. So <laughs> that makes up for the food, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Every time one of their fighters walks out, <clears throat> the crowd goes crazy and it's just, you can't, it's hard to replace that. It's hard to like if you can't if you can ever try to make it there for a sporting event. It's it's insane, especially in a, like a Bellator event or a fight. You know those type of things. You guys, if you guys can get there, I would highly recommend oh, yeah. it. it w- Absolutely. One of the insane. things you know, that I was looking at while that was going on is, you know, <laughs> Queely is now over by the you know coming up on the cage door and stuff. 
and I, I looked at Patricky, and he's kind of looking out like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he turned, I saw him turn to his, his, you know, corner and he said a couple of words and, uh, and, you know, kept on, but dude, that is just an amazing atmosphere for someone to actually come into that and say, Oh, I'm going to try to put, make you guys silent, you know, just, uh, very nice that he had all that experience going for him. But, you know, Peter Quilly, just, that was one of the greatest walkouts ever as far as your fans and the way you handled it and stuff. Really cool. Good stuff. It was it was definitely good stuff. So now let's talk about the fight. You know, it it was going the way I thought. It, it, the fight broke down, and I said it before. It broke down into two basics. It was the power of Patricky. He's got power in his hands, and he can hurt you at any time. And then Peter Queeley, being a guy that's a volume guy that is hard to get rid of. He had never been stopped in a fight ever. And we've seen him take big shots. He got hurt by Ryan Scope, and you saw him come back in that fight. I'd seen him hurt when he was in Russia and he came back in those fights. And so, you know, when he, when he walks out to zombie, I, you know, it's look, he's almost a zombie as far as a fighter because he's, he's that hard. He's hard to kill. I mean, you, you hit him with shots. Mm-hmm. You think you got him and he just keeps on coming back and he wears you down and he wears you down with the volume and he starts to push you into, you know, those deep waters until he puts the water in, in over your head and he starts to drown you and and I really believe if the fight had gone into the third fourth fifth that's where we know that Patricky starts to slow down and that's where Peter Quilly starts to step up and so it really was the question we said look if it's going to be an early stoppage it's going to be Pitbull getting that knockout and if it goes into the late rounds you know Peter Quilly is going to have the advantage because he's got great cardio he's got volume and he just keeps coming and you know, Patricky gets tired. We've seen it. That that power starts to diminish, and when the power starts to diminish, now it becomes it's not the same when you get hit. So, you know, the the thing that that worried me in the beginning was when when Queely talked about you know I felt his power in the first fight because you know they had that fight just before, and he said you know he says you know and, and yeah that's good, but he says but I can handle it. And anytime you've got someone that can swat, don't think that you can handle it because it only takes it touching yeah. that right place, and that's what happened in this fight. Yeah, I thought I thought the change of this fight was that Patricky or maybe Patricky's corner understood that he was kind of starting to slow down and he was losing the fight. And when he got poked in the eye, it gave him a second to go, "Hey, his corner to him and him to say, "Hey, I need to reset." Take they took almost the full 5 yep. minutes for the eye poke. Took their time. They just and they just reprepared when he came out after that eye poke. He came out like a new fighter. He was fresh. He was throwing combinations. The body. He was throwing the, heavy shots. Wheel, Into the body. He was throwing was, heavy. was shelling up really high. And, man, those mm-hmm. body shots, some of them were, were absolutely heavy. Yeah. So that that in itself was like a chance to reset, regroup. And so if you guys are young fighters, you guys are listening to this, you guys got to think, if things aren't going my way and something like that happens, you get a growing shot, you get an eye poke, take your time. Enjoy, you know, refocus whatever it takes to to get your mind right or to rethink, you know, to get things going. It also breaks the momentum of your yep. opponent. Peter Quilly was starting to run away with the fight a little bit with those leg kicks. It was almost a reverse of what was the last fight. It was, Last time it was Pitbull doing the leg kicks and Peter Quilly just taking them and getting dropped sometimes off the leg kicks, sweeping them off mm-hmm. of his feet. This fight, he came out throwing the leg kicks and Patricky's leg was beat up after the first round. You know, and so 
I know the fight ended, uh, you know, a little early, but it was, uh, it was still, it was shaping up that Peter was going to run away with this thing. Patricky was able to kind of settle in after the, uh, after the eye poke, gave himself a chance to recover and came out throwing big shots and the, you know, and right after the eye poke and he was able to land a couple good hard ones. And he, what he, like I said on the broadcast, he's a finisher. So when he's got you in trouble, that power, he's a finisher. Well. He's got to stop doing. He's got to start throwing, going back to throwing straight. Though he, he's getting, he gets away with it sometimes. Yes. Too cavemanish. There are a couple times when uh, Queely started covering up, he started going caveman style, and nothing was getting through. And you're just wasting energy. You know, you're loading up, trying to sit down hard on the punches, and that's not that. That right there doesn't translate to good fight IQ. But in all fairness, uh, he had a good performance. He got the win. I wouldn't say it was one of his best performances, but. He's finally a world champion, you know, and when you talk about Sean Grandy, he said, and I was, I was like, as he was saying, I'm like, oh, it's, it's a, t- it's a true reality of it, but it, it was always the bridesmaid, yeah. you know? And it was like, oh, I hated hearing him say it. Cause I'm like, man, if he doesn't come up, if he doesn't get it tonight, it's like, it's oh, one that, of those, that was it. It reminded me of Kenny Florian. Yeah. No, no knock yeah. on Kenny. I'm, Kenny was always, you know, really, really tough, but just never got it done. You know, and that's the hard, that's hard to, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard when you're talking about someone who has been the pillar of Bellator, one of the pillars of Bellator, him and his brother and then Douglas Lima, you know, Kenny was the same way with the UFC. He was always at running at a title, always running at a title shot, just never got it done. It's like, and that's kind of how Patricky was heading until this, until Friday night. Well, I look at it as you got to be happy for him because of the fact that he did wait all that time, and he was the thing that I think ended up in the end. He's always had a great support system with his brother. He's always had people yeah. around him that you know they know what he can do, and, and they 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 get him off of the ledge because he does have a fiery personality, and they try to calm him down. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's the perseverance that he's put into it. He came in at 153 <laughs> pounds, Josh. He weighed in at 153 pounds. That said a lot to me, as far as because he said he because we I had asked him about his weight cut, and he goes. Don't even have to worry about the weight cut. 153 is what he weighed in at. And I said, well, obviously you put in you put in the mileage, you put in the time, and you're ready for this. You're going to give it everything you have, obviously, no doubt about that. And so, you know, let's see where it goes. But I thought, you know, overall, it was a good fight. It was leading up to a good fight. There were those moments, like you were saying, I thought he was very smart for taking all of the time with the eye poke, just like you're saying, and the attack to the body when that, that he was shielding so high, kept on coming back to the body, back to the body. That's what opens up that head on that shot that, you know, that hurt Queely. And there was the, the real question was, you know, I heard people complaining. A lot of Irish people were complaining that it was a fast stoppage. No, I'm sorry. It was not. And, and I, I love Peter Queely and he is a tough bastard, but you got to figure he got dropped. He got back to his feet to get dropped again. And that one that dropped him again, then he, tried to get up and he got, you know, fell down on his own, went into the cage, was able to get up. But take a look at the couple of shots that he took, you know, with his hands high. But those are not, it's not that they're marking his head or face. His brain is continuing to get rattled. And you could see when he, when it was stopped, you know, he didn't have a fast reaction. In fact, it took him about two seconds for him to kind of peek out like, you know what's going on, and because everything had slowed down to him for him because his brain was was rattled. He got 
he got cracked. And so it was a it was a fair stoppage. It was a good stoppage, and uh, it was well done. Uh, you you're you're always going to have those ones where you you want someone to win, and you think it could go one more. This was not one of those. It was a good you know good thing yeah. that it was stopped. And you know I know Peter, you know absolutely would you know want to go out on the shield all the way, but that's not what the sport's about. He got hurt. He got you know it's a checkmate situation. And next time. Yeah. Yeah, overall, good event. Good, f- It was fun, as always, in Dublin, and uh, people were amazing there. And the, sh- the fights, uh, the main card lived up to the hype. I wasn't too happy with the, the prelims. A lot of them were just close yeah. fights that not not one person could really edge out. You know what I mean? And so I felt bad for the judges <laughs> <laughs> to judge those type of fights. But, um, you know, but good thing the last two fights on the, on the prelims ended up living up. Yeah. They were good fights. Um, all right, well, hey, we're going to jump into some boxing a little bit here. And we'll talk to Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant fight. What'd you think? It went. Come on. I, did I not say about what it was? It did. It did last longer than I thought, though. It was one of those. I yeah. thought Caleb Plant, you know, is was going to be in the fight as far as he's got good movement. Always has. Uh, he's got a good quick jab. But it was really to me. It was you're not as fast as Canelo, and Canelo is very uh, meticulous in. I just am going to do what I want to. And he doesn't worry about what his opponent's doing. And he just was marching him down at times, pressuring him to see what he was going to try to throw. And at times, you know, in the first round, never even threw anything hard. Second round, threw a couple times hard. Third round, started, you know, cracking it a little bit harder. The hook, you know, the left hooks to the body and coming up high. Those were getting harder. And it was just a progression of him saying, I'm just going to keep stepping this up. And, and the difference in the fight was by the, I thought it would end between the sixth and the eighth round. That was my guess on it. And I thought he would get to him by about that time, but he just kept on upping the output. Couple more punches each round. Couple, a little bit more intensity and more power on the shots. And by the end, you know, Plant is turning. He's almost turning his way completely away from him, which just opens yeah. opened him up to that left hook. He had the uppercut that hit him, and. He just got beat by a guy that's a better fighter. It's nothing against Caleb Plant. I thought Caleb fought as as well as you know he was going to be able to fight. But if you were looking at the rounds, he wasn't winning any of the rounds. You know, let's be honest. He may have won the first. I'll give him the first round because you know Canelo really didn't throw a whole lot, but he just wasn't winning rounds, so he wasn't going to win the fight. And it was just you know, okay. When is this going to be? When Canelo says, "I've had enough. I'm going to start cracking you big," and that's what he did. And he stopped it in the eleventh. Right now, who the hell is going to beat that guy? You know, mm. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. <clears throat> it's it's it. So I looked at it. I looked at a couple things. Is when you when I used to spar with professional boxers, I would always spar the first four rounds, and they were going to do like ten or twelve rounds. Sure. You know, later or that you know, but they'd use me for the first four. You know what that 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 yeah, first four is? It's warm up. <laughs> That's warm up. Then they're doing time. I was I was their war, I was their warm up yeah. rounds. But that's you okay. Know? So, and yeah, I understand. But then what it was was round one, like you said, pretty much like no punches, just movement, maybe just touch, you know, a little bit of jab out there, you know, slip and move, and then counter off of it. That was it. Second round, a little bit more output. Third round, they would really start trying to get you to go backwards now instead of you pushing them around, them just missing, making you miss. By the fourth round, for me. 
they started touching me, put me a little bit on stanky legs sometimes, or, you know, just pushing me around, like cutting me, making me miss, making me tired because I was missing so much. And then I'd go out and then, then they'd bring in real boxers and then they would get into full on slugfest, you know, one round maybe with the, with the new guy that came in who came in and would need to get warm up too. But that first round for them was, was a warm up round. And then it got hard again for four rounds or five rounds or six rounds, or however long that pro boxer was going to go in with the other pro boxer. That's what I felt like I watched was I saw Canelo just start warming up and by round three and four, he's was in full swing. But then it was like, okay, look, even though I'm still in full swing, <clears throat> I'm making you miss. I'm not taking any hard shots. I'm going to still wear you down until I realize, until you realize that you, ha- you don't have anything for me. Start backing you up. Start making you tired. Start putting pressure on you without throwing anything. That's a key thing for boxers or for fighters, period, even MMA guys. Yeah. If you can make someone tired by making them go backwards and not have to throw anything yourself, that that's that next level stuff. Nick and Nate Diaz made their career off of that. Is forcing people, but they really when, even when they did throw or when they threw a lot, a lot of times they didn't even have to throw. They just stayed long. They kind of just slapped and pawed at you. That didn't take energy. They just made you work backwards and they made you flinch. They made you move. They made you use energy that you didn't need. To. That's exactly what he did last night. It was impressive performance. And then when he decided, like you said, to unleash the power, Caleb Plant had no answer for it. Just the the precise precision of as it all. Soon, as soon as that power started standing. touching him, you saw Caleb Plant's his output went right down to hardly anything because now it was like holy Christ, and he's he's just thinking of defending, which only made things worse and easier for Canelo. The fight that I'd really like to see, and I know it's never going to happen, would be would be Andre Ward. And yeah, that's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but fuck, man. I just think I think of like fights that I would love to see. Well, then you got to figure that that's the weight class that he's in right now. Is where yeah. Andre was yeah. with like the super six, you know that, that super middleweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was at one sixty, wasn't it? One sixty eight. Yeah. Oh, was it one sixty eight? Jeez, man. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to see that. Fight. That was a great I know tournament. Board's done. Yeah, I know he's done. I was. I wish. I wish Showtime would bring because they did the Showtime's the, the company yep. that did that, right? Yeah, I wish they'd bring oh, that back. That was great. I wish they'd do something like that, but there's just not a lot of studs yep. right now that that are shaped up around boxing. I know there's they're they're there. They just don't have the name recognition that they had back then. So uh all right, well let's get into the UFC, let's buddy. Do it. You want to go right from the you want to go from the top down or you want to go from the bottom up? Let's go bottom up, I guess. Is there anything <laughs> that you think you we, sure? we should talk about first? Scroll on down there. Let's see. I so I was in and out on yeah. some of these. Okay, so okay, was so, I I think um, there was a couple that I missed. Yeah, we were we were still traveling. Pretty I, much no, that's not, we were still we were traveling. Yeah, I was watching on my um, phone. Okay, so I saw the Phil Hawes fight. I saw the Bobby Green fight. Okay. I mix. I mix. I mixed. I missed the Pereira fight. Oh, which I saw clips I'll talk of about it, that. but I no missed problem. it. Okay. Did Did you see the um, Ian Gary against Jordan Williams, who you know well? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. Boy, that kid, big time knockout. That kid's yes, he looked good. Ah, Jordan. All man. right, let's first let, let's start off with you. Got to go with Imavov against Edmund Shabazian. Look, man, this is this is one of those tough ones because you know Shabazian came up came up in the Southern California area. And he was a training partner of Ronda Rousey when he was a kid, mm-hmm. and. uh 
got a lot of wins and, and and I don't know what I don't it's one of two things to me because they've put him now it was you know Brunson was the first uh, loss on his his career right and then the next one who's the next mm-hmm. one I can't freaking remember off, off the top of my head but it was his last fight because he's got three losses in a row now wasn't it Vittori no it wasn't Marvin was it no yeah Hermanson you know and so take a look you know Brunson Hermanson those are higher levels than I'm of off but still I'm of off is that guy that you look at and he doesn't fight like a dag you know the, the typical Dagestani fighter he fights like Uzman Nurmagomedov he likes the stand-up he can do the wrestling but he would rather fight in the stand-up and he is a lower rank than Hermanson or Brunson but this is either one of two things in my mind it's like Edmund came into the UFC and because of the association, because you know, say what they want about who, who's the manager, the manager is really Edmund Tarverdian. And I, it's either they gave him so much money, they, gave, they went outside of their normal scheduling and gave him extra money. So it's like, well, if you're going to get extra money, you're going to get real people to fight. Mm-hmm. Or it's, you know what, we're tired of dealing with your, your, your trainer and manager and we're going to we're going to prove to you you're not as good as what he's saying and what you guys think mm-hmm. and I, I just feel bad for him because you know he he changed and went up to aka to try to learn some wrestling and stuff and it kind of changed his game a little bit but you can't change who you are and uh i think right now he's lost after these three losses he's in that position where he doesn't know what to do you know he doesn't know where he's at and yeah. he's going to have to readjust he's going to have to take some time off you know, he got caught in uh, some some positions that the crucifix that he got caught in at the end, he got opened up with an elbow earlier, and then he got caught in the crucifix, and, uh, you know, he got lit up. And uh, it's time to, re- you know, reassess, you know, what you're doing, who you're with, and when you go back. And it should be a while before he goes back. Uh, yeah, he's young. He's 23 exactly. years old. Exactly. That's, that's the whole point. He's not even grown into being a guy that has yeah. man strength right now, you know, and there is a difference, you know, there's a difference. It's, Absolutely. Know, it's uh, I, 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 I feel in a way I feel bad for him, but it's like one of those, man, what did you think was going to happen? You know? Well, th- we've talked about this is <clears throat> people when Bellator signed James Gallagher, when Bellator has, you know, younger talent, right? AJ McKee, they build them up slowly because they know that these are the guys that we need to spend our time on if we want to have a bright future in terms of a promotion. The UFC doesn't have to do that as much because they're already mm-hmm. huge, right? So what they do is guys like this, that come to them management-wise or just fighter-wise. Sometimes they come to them and they, they want to get paid more money. If you want to get paid more money, you're going to fight real fights then. Sometimes, like who's the kid? Uh, Aspinall. Tom Aspinall. Uh, Tom Aspinall? Yeah. Is it Tom? Yeah, Tom. He said, oh, I'm going to slow this. I'm going to slow this. Loved his attitude slow. what he was doing. Uh, uh, Sean O'Malley. Nope. Same. Same thing. I'm slow play it. Because you're still on your rookie contracts, basically. And even if you're not on your rookie contracts, once you start taking these type of fights, like Shabazian's taking with Derek Brunson, who's probably fighting for the title next, somebody else, you know, in Hermanson, that you start taking those fights, you, it's, you can't go no. backwards. Stay taking the easiest fights you can get for the longest amount of time. There's no rush and to get build to the it championship. Now. You know, it was one of those things we you know, we were talking. I'm going to go back to J. 
James Gallagher because Gallagher when yeah. he when he first fought and he beat Chinzo Machida in New York. I take I, you know, I was refereeing at the time. I'm taking the this uh, ride back to the airport with him, and and he's he says you know so you, you got any suggestions for me or anything like that? And I said yeah, if you want to listen. And the thing I talked about is don't rush this, take it slow, mm-hmm. enjoy the process, enjoy the entire bit, have your goal, but you need all of these little goals in between to to actually get you to that main goal because if you miss those steps, it's going to be too big a jump and you're going to fall. So. Don't rush it. Don't be in a hurry. You're too young. There's too much time, and that's yeah. good. Use it, enjoy it, and just don't be in a hurry. And it's kind of what you're seeing with this. Yeah. I, look, I don't. We don't know. That's the thing is, we don't know if it's the management that asks for too I much don't. money. We don't even know if it's a money thing. Um, but I remember dealings several times with Joe Silva and him and him talking about no guys. They have, when they start asking for more money, a lot more money. He's like, then we start giving them harder fights. We're okay with letting these guys slow play a little bit. Especially right now. There is so many other fighters out there that that people can beat. So if you, like Shabazian, like he should be fighting the guys that are maybe number 15, you know, or maybe, maybe outside, outside of that. It. Yeah. Go, ahead and, go ahead and get those wins. Collect whatever the check is. Get the wins and build yourself back up. Because once you get to the top, there's just nothing you can do. You can only go Give down. Me- all right, do me part. a favor, real quick, Dave. I just and just this is off the top of my head. Look up Brad Tavares because that's where I'm thinking. Brad's not Shabazian fought him. Just click on Shabazian and look up. Uh, click on Shabazian and that Brad Shabazian did he? Him out. Okay, that's why I, I was wondering. Yeah. T- you you yeah, take, a, with the take was it a head kick? Okay, I think so. If I recall, Shabazian, yep. yeah, he did. He got a loss to him. But that's the kind of guy you're looking and saying, okay, he's not in the top 15, but that's a tough fighter. And those are the kind of guys that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you need to have those fights because he's got experience. He's tough as hell. And if you get by him, you know, when you get into that top 10, there's only one way to go, and it's not good, mm-hmm. especially being young, because you can do so much damage, not so much to your body. I'm not saying at the young age you heal fast. You can definitely do a lot of damage to your confidence. And when your confidence is not there, I don't care how good you are. You're not going to win yeah. fights. Yeah, he's um, he's got to figure it yeah. out at, at 23 years old. Like, I look at like him, go back to James Gallagher. I look at him when he first came in. He had baby fat. Oh, yeah. He's now starting. He had, he had that baby fat look to him. You look at him in this last fight. His legs looked a little bit more fuller. His he started to see some yep. abs in his first four, his first three or four fights with with, with Bellator. He just had like chubs. <laughs> he was like they still nothing had the baby chubs, fat baby. look to him. <laughs> nothing, nothing. But I'm saying, you know, he still hadn't grown into his body. He still hasn't yet fully. And so um, Shabazzian kind of has a little bit of that going on. He's 23 years old. Take your time. Slow, re- slow, slow play it. Find a gym, though, that you are going to be consistently at. And as much as I love AKA, it's not the cheapest place to live around here. That's one. Two is everyone's kind of spread out right now. The AKA thing is spread out. You've got DC doing his thing down in Gilroy at his new facility. you got AKA that's it's run by some of the older fighters or some of the past fighters because Javier's off training as well with Khabib and the crew there. So it's when they do come back, they're all back there, which is great. It's a great if you can be there when Khabib and Islam and Abu Bakr and Hav and everyone's there, great place to be. 
But when they're not there, it's going to be a little bit harder to to get the attention you need that you specifically need for whatever fight you have coming up. You know, um, but I like the approach of what a lot of these other fighters are doing now. You know, Colby did it. Usman did it. They left and they went to gyms that were, were good gyms. But they went where there was a small crew of people. They went, they went like, where they, they were going to be the highlight. They were the, they were going to be the focus. Yeah. They were going to get the attention of the you coaches. Know. You know, and so then they they'll progress a little bit more because they're going to get more attention. That that coach is always there, and so that will potentially help them. Um, that's something he needs to find. He needs to find a location that he can go to and be the focus. You know, or at least be one of the top focuses for them. You know, going to Greg Jackson's is probably not the deal either. You know, going to. Um, Sanford MMA, that's probably not the deal either. You got so many lines in there. You you need to, you know, you're going to get pushed off to the side, you know. So try to find a location where you can get some work. So best of luck to him, man. But, I mean, I look back at his Brunson fight. He took a lot of damage in that fight. A ton of damage. Well, and this is where we, you You know, know, I say it all the time, and people are like, oh, you know, he'll be fine. Man, you leave little bits and pieces, sometimes big pieces, of you in that cage that you don't get back in that there's so little between being the guy that wins the fight and the guy that doesn't, you know, the percentage points are, you know, it's not, it's not a full percentage point at time. That's, you know, I said it like with Connor facing, you know, against, you know, Poirier, Connor's not doing the same things. He's lost those percentage points. And when you lose pieces of yourself based upon damage, and this is what I was talking about when it came to that kid, St. Denise, who took that, you know, fight where he fought oh, yeah. his ass off and he fought hard and he came back, you know, as far as but he took too much abuse. He was undefeated. Let's see what happens because Edmund Shabazian was undefeated when he took that ass whipping from Derek Brunson and he hasn't won a fight since. This is what can happen. It's not that he can't fight still. He yeah. can, but it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Phil Hawes and God Curtis damn fight? Chris Curtis? I like him, <laughs> dude. He was taking some shots. He was absolutely getting just sparked. Phil Hawes looked fantastic in the stand-up in that first yeah, bit. He did. I mean, I was like, he was just everything that he threw was clean. It landed, you know, it was marking up Chris, and finally Chris, you know, said, "That's it. I got to do something." and one shot makes the difference, and then he went after him, and you could see when when Haas went on stanky legs, man, he was in trouble, and uh, it was, wow. it was, it was really nice to see Chris Curtis, you know, a guy that has been around, has you know really fought, you know, all over, and never got to the big show. He got onto the Dana White thing and and got his chance, and came in there and came in there against a guy who's been really looking good. I think what Phil was had won his last five or something like that. So, yeah, just uh, it was nice to see. I felt bad for Phil, but I felt really good for Curtis because, man, he just, you know, he did what he had to do. He bit down and he freaking got the job done. So it was uh, that's a big win. That's one that's a, a feel good win, too. Yeah, it's a feel good win. I thought uh, Curtis, I thought he had a good approach. I know he took some big shots Whoa. in the first round, but he didn't he didn't do a whole lot. He was more or less like trying to just cover up, get the feel for taking the power. A lot of a lot of fighters that have had experience have been waiting to get into the big show. They go out there and blow True. their wad, and then they, the the adrenaline the adrenaline dump is real. The, people that say it's not, it is. It's real. They're like, oh no, he can control it. No, for no. for 
I'm not saying he's not gonna say he's a young. Doesn't fighter, matter. But for somebody who hasn't on, been, think about there, it. Hold on, think about this. What's the What's the biggest stage? In fact, if I, if you looked at uh, D- Dave, do me a favor, pull up Chris Curtis's uh, record and stuff. See where he fought. You know, as far as all right. So you're looking at you know two pro- two promoters fight night and Lethridge. Jesus Christ. Okay, I mean you're taking a look at you know the 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 most he ever probably fought in front of was let's say a thousand people you're in madison square garden fighting in your first year you don't think the fucking there's an adrenaline dump holy christ man if there's not you're dead you gotta look scroll down again there for me dave his losses, though, is to Magomed Magakaramov. That was when he was in the PFL, yeah. Twice. He had two yep. in a row, and that was in the he, PFL. Dude, the, hold it. And he went the, the distance. The three people that he lost to there is Magomed twice and Ray Cooper. <laughs> it's like, See, come on, man. Who doesn't like Chris Curtis? Jeez, <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Um, but that's good stuff for yeah. him, man. Good stuff for him. Um, happy for him. You know, Phil was looking good. That push kick up the oh. middle, that little t- that was nasty. Ooh. That was nasty. He was looking clean with the striking. I mean, he he looked new and improved. He in did that look fight. great. Just it only takes one shot. And I thought I thought Curtis though did a good job of just not like not overexerting himself too fast. You know, letting the fight develop in front of him. I know he took some shots he shouldn't. He didn't panic. That was one thing. And then you know. Fighters, when they when they finally get their chance, they want they want to go out there and prove it to everyone that they deserve to be there. And it's some, it backfires a lot yeah. of the time. It backfires. And in this situation, he was able to take the shots and then finally at the end deliver his own shot. Nicely done, though. Tip my hat to you, buddy. Good job, Bobby um, Green. Bobby Green, Ali Quinta. And I said, "Well, remember when we were talking about this." I said, "Bobby Green's just way too fast for him." And it really was the difference maker because. It, Bobby Green is not easy to deal with anyways based upon the way that he fights. You know, he, he's very good at understanding distance and distance control because he can have he, he's got his hands down the whole time, basically. He uses shoulder rolls, which normally don't work in MMA, but they work for him. And uh, yeah. you can see, um, and I, I, I looked at it that Iaquinta was going to look for, looking for getting the takedown, but not realizing Bobby Green can wrestle. You know, he, he's got really good wrestling defense, and he's gone against really good strikers in the striking level of Iaquinta compared to what Bobby has faced. He's not that guy. So I this is why I thought. I thought Bobby Green, this was a great fight for him. You know, I know it was in uh, you know New York where Iaquinta is loved and everything, but Bobby just looked good. He looked fast, and he was popping him with beautiful combinations. The freaking jab yeah. was just on point, and that right hand following and you could see Bobby was seeing everything because he would see that. Oh. He would see the shot coming, take that little step, let that thing slide by about a half inch off of where it was supposed to be, and he was coming with the counter, and they, you know, he just did what he was supposed to do. He looked great. It's a good win for him. I'm sorry for Al, but Bobby Green looked fantastic there. Yeah, he looked phenomenal. I mean, there wasn't much to really two and a yeah. half minutes of it. I mean, he just was piecing yes. him up the whole time. Uh, I'll just the speed was a factor, like you said. Um, the reach was a factor. The ability to get in on the legs was definitely a factor. I mean, Bobby Green's got good wrestling. And when I fought Bobby, I had researched and done and seen. Started him off before. as a wrestler, but round I, and pounder. Yeah, I knew he had good. I knew he had some good wrestling. So he's a stud, man. I, I'm wondering though, does he have another run in him? 
Does he have a run in him? Because he's never really had a big. He's never really got had a big no. run. Well, he started to have that I mean, run during the COVID thing where he was getting some wins and stuff, and then you know, yeah. he lost one. I don't. I can't remember who he first lost to. He lost to Fazeev. Well, he lost to Fazeev, but he, he, he lost, lost one... to uh, what was it Thiago? Uh, Thiago Moises. Yeah. Who's look, Moises, Moises? You know, Moises. good fighter, but he's when when he loses, it's usually by decision. You know, he doesn't yeah. get finished. Uh, he's been he's been hurt in fights and stuff, but a ton of decisions either wins or losses and so it was good to see him finish a fight for one because he's had a lot of decision victories but he just needs he's got the skill set man he's he's different as far as the way he does his stand up but he's still fast he's got speed yeah and he's got it he's got a good fundamental knowledge of you know how he can implement what he does you know you just look at what he did with Fazeev who's an outstanding striker you know, mm-hmm. and, and Fazeev had his moments, and, and Fazeev ate his legs up with some of those kicks, and, man, he can kick. But in the third round, even though there, were, I, I believe there was someone judge that didn't give it to him, Bobby Green was touching him up, especially near the latter part of that. So if that goes into a fifth round, fourth, fifth round, it'd be a different yeah. story. Bobby Green can fight with anybody. He's, he's that guy that you look and you can give trouble to anyone. It's a matter of does he get the – the series of wins that starts to propel him towards that. He's, you know, he's got to do that. Yeah. You know, what's funny when I fought him, he didn't seem fast, really, but I feel like he's gotten faster. as He's gotten older. I don't know what it is. He seemed really fast last night. And when I watched his fight against Lando, uh, Lando Venata, he looked fast in that fight too. But when I fought him, I was like, ah, you don't, you're not fast. You know, he, he felt like he had kind of like some decent power. When he when he hit me, but the speed wasn't really a factor. It was more. But I see him now. It seems like he's gotten faster, and which is surprising yeah. to me. You know, I mean, more of maybe it's just more relaxation yeah, his, that comes with time, and that that makes his you first look fight was against a guy named Neil Abrams, who was uh, he worked out at a gym near mine, and then he came to my my gym and started working out after that fight. But I was at the fight, and I had never seen Bobby fight. Mm-hmm. I knew who Neil was, and uh, man. Neil could actually wrestle pretty well, and he just got taken down time after time, and uh, just Bobby just just mauled him. And I was like, "Damn, that dude's good." <laughs> At O and O, that kid can fight, and and you know, obviously he he proved that right by being where he's at. So he's had a hell of a career. The story on Bobby, the star, sorry, the story on Bobby is that a couple weeks before um, I fought him. He was supposed to come to AKA and train because DC had called me and goes, Hey, uh, do you mind if Bobby Green comes? I'm like, No, I don't mind at all. Go ahead, yeah. let him come. And uh, be perfect. And then, then like a week later, I get the call that we're fighting because Michael Johnson pulled out. I was like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> eh, maybe like, he shouldn't come. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Uh, all right, next fight. Uh, so I didn't see this fight because I was actually driving to, to the fight companion and I wasn't really paying attention. I was trying to drive while I was trying to watch it. <laughs> so Alex Pereira. Yeah, hey. Versus, uh, what's his name? Michelada? Michalidis. Michalidis. I thought at least Michalidis tried to fight the right fight. He came in saying that, you know, I can stand. I can, you know, I can take him in the stand-up too. I've got good. And you're going, please, God, don't let him think that. Yeah. Yeah. Alex is on a different level when it comes to the stand-up game. And and all all he's needed to learn is there is a difference between kickboxing stand-up and MMA stand-up. You cannot, you cannot 
fire off things the same way in MMA that you have done in kickboxing. He knows that, and he's getting much better with it. you got to figure he's training out of uh, Glover Teixeira's gym up in Danbury. But, I, you know, Miguelitas did the right thing. He tried to take him down. He did get him down in the beginning. You know, tried to work, you know, a ground game on him. Uh, the head throughout the you know fight was getting himself back up. Little exchange near the end, but right at the beginning of that second round, you could see that, uh, you know, Michalitas was starting to tail off in just, you know, the output of it as far as him being able to pressure. And all of a sudden, here comes Alex, that knee, it blasted him. Uh, Dan Mergulata, I think, was the referee. I don't think he stopped it right away. And it wasn't that uh, Michalitas got hit with anything serious afterwards, but he could have stopped it right after the knee because he was done. Yeah. But, I mean, this is what everyone knows from Alex Pajaya. He's He is just a different beast when it comes to the striking. He's got unbelievable power for the 185-pound weight class. And, you know, you can go back and watch his fight with Israel Adesanya in kickboxing. I mean, he starched Israel. Starched him. Yeah. I mean. They fought, they fought twice, correct? I do believe they fought twice. I think probably yes. both times. But I think I don't. I'm not sure that he knocked him out in the first one. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I didn't. I didn't watch the kickboxing fights. I just I saw the knockout because they were streamed. It'd been shown yeah. around a bunch of times on social uh, media. The guy. The guy. You know, he's that guy you're going to look at. <laughs> Here's going to come this point where it's. Eh, let's say he gets three more wins. You know. I don't think it's going to take okay. that long, John. That's, that's my point. It might be two more wins, and so he'll be 6-1 and one in, and fighting for the championship because the UFC knows. You know, they're not, they are smart people, and they got good matchmakers, and they got a guy at the top that likes to make money, and he can sell that fight by playing those clips of the knockout that Israel suffered against Alex. And so I'm not saying that Alex is going to beat Israel in the MMA world, but He'll he'll have a good chance. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, let's get into it, man. The main card starts off. Did you know you know the reason behind them starting off the main card? Talk to me. Is Trevor Whitman was the he had the main event all oh, three of right. them. It would have right. been he had Rose main event, and, co-main. So yeah, three yeah, in a row. So they asked. So I think they did it for Whitman. They were, from what I understand, was what uh, what Brennan was saying was that they were talking about moving him. They moved it down. So that they could, so that Trevor Whitman could get the other guys all yeah, prepared. Makes sense. And, and, and Good job by the UFC to help him out. So, with it too. but um, I, I I thought it was actually a very smart move by the UFC. Yeah, I was yeah. going to pat him on the Come back. On, we and said opening your card with this fight. We said that fight opening the card with you know, this the, fight. Uh, all right, I'm just going to bring it out now at the beginning of it. I said the only way Islam Makhachev gets a title shot over one of these guys if it's a, it's a snoozer fight, Islam. Love you, dude. You're awesome. You're not going to get that title. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's true. Come on, man. It's... Yeah. I mean, but he, he may he may take off until, you know, February, March. I mean, you never know. He may take some time off between, you know, between now and then probably fight sometime in February or March. So we'll see. I think, um, but this fight, this fight lived up to everything it should have been. I would have loved to have seen uh, rounds uh, four and five. Yeah, but it's a matter of this. I'm just going to, I'm going to put it out there. You know, I I was texting with some before, and they you know they were asking for my picks in the fight, so I gave it to them, and and I gave on this one. I said, look, I said if you know if Michael Chandler really goes after the wrestling, 
and, and dedicates himself to trying to take uh, Justin down consistently in the fight, he'll win the fight. Uh, once he gets him down, he'll be able to keep him down and stuff. I said, if he doesn't and he falls into thinking that he can stand and bang with, you know, Justin, I, I would take Justin. He goes, no, 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 you can't do that. You got to, you got to take one. I said, all right, I'm taking Justin Gaethje because I don't think Michael Chandler will fight smart. And, well, now I want to talk about our great sponsor, Fume, which is a phenomenal way for you. If you are a smoker, you're a vapor, this is the way for you to stop. We have a friend from Ireland, Aiden Power. He is vaping all the time. I am sending him a Fume prominent with a bunch of packs of all of this essential oils because I'm getting him to stop. It's unhealthy, and he's got to do it. So for you, the best way to quit smoking naturally is fume. It replaces that hand-to-mouth habit. You've got great flavors. It will curb your nicotine cravings, which are horrible. And black pepper is what they use to do that. So it's nothing bad for you. There's also peppermint, eucalyptus. There's the stress relievers, which is lavender and cinnamon. They they actually just feel like they open you up. They're fantastic. It's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, no harmful chemicals just plants. It's all natural. I need you right now. If you're a smoker or a vapor, I need you to head to www.breathefume and fume is without the E, just fum.com slash weighing in and use the promo code weighing in. You do that. You will be happy with the results. You're going to be happy that you're not going to be putting all those terrible chemicals into your system. Use the code weighing in to save 10% on your order today. You can take a quiz. It's a real quick quiz. It'll talk to you about super plants and what they do for you. It's less than 30 seconds. Take the time. Be smart. Get off of smoking. Get off of vaping. It is time to take action and do this. Do yourselves a favor. Like he said, take action is what you should do. Go to www.breathefumefum slash weighing in. Use that promo code. Okay, use that promo code weighing in. Also, pick up these these little packets. These packets, they've got the little uh, buds in there. You just pull those out, those little filter buds. They've got the essential oils on them. You plug that into the device they give you. It's a little, it's that, like John said, replace that hand to mouth. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. And like you said, we're going to send one to Aiden Powers. But they've got all the different flavors. you got the, the prominent. You've got the conquer. You've got the peppermint. You have the black pepper, which helps you get rid of the smoking habit. And then you got the white cranberry. These are all things that you can use. So make sure you guys use that promo code weighing in. Go to www.breathefumefum.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code weighing in for that extra 10% off. I'm not going to pat myself on the back. Yeah. God damn, he did not fight so hard. He was absolutely entertaining, absolutely, you know, just a, a fucking savage, a warrior going out there. But doing this when you're getting hit, yeah. putting your hands down and letting someone punch at you is not smart fighting. Your fight IQ is not being applied to the, the skill set that you have. Michael's got power, but you could tell in the beginning that, look, he was tagging just in the beginning, but he's throwing so hard, putting so much into each punch, each shot, that he started getting gassed just off of the adrenaline also. But you you can't sit there and play another man's game. Justin Gaethje <laughs> is the more consistently good striker if you're going to look at these two fighters. 
he's the guy that lives off of the Chuck Liddell style of I'm going to sprawl and brawl. And he brawls and he sucks you into the brawl. He sucks you into his game. I've seen him do it too many times. And congratulations, you sucked Michael Chandler right into the same thing. Great job, Justin. And that is why Justin Gaethje got the win. I, There's no doubt in my mind, Chandler won the first round. He hurt Justin in that round. And so when one of the scores was 30-27, I said, that guy didn't see it right. But the, the right score was 29-28. Justin came back and won the second round big almost you know here we go talking about was it a 10-8 no it wasn't but it could have been a 10-8-5 you know it yeah. doesn't reach all the way to 10-8 but it could have been a 10-8-5 if you had that ability to score it so that there would have been a difference between <laughs> michael chandler you know he wins the first round but it's close and justin yeah. fucking easily can you know takes him in the second but we have an even fight going into the third and it was Gaethje who fought the right fight in the third round. I, I enjoyed it. It was a blast to watch, but it's frustrating if you know, you know, the guys and you're going, you're just not fighting smart, man. And you're not going to last doing what you're doing. Um, look, um, <laughs> how do I, I, uh, I, I want to try to find a way of saying it. You Chandler you enjoyed the hell Chandler out didn't of fight smart. <laughs> not like I look. I, I enjoy watching him fight. Yeah. That's the thing. I enjoy watching both these guys fight. Um, I've never, I've never taken anything away from him when it comes to his abilities in the cage, ever, and no. his work ethic, and any of those things. And I, I, I never will because you saw last night. He's yep. a stud, you know. And you got to give him credit. Um, but in one breath, I give him credit for his work ethic and his and in his tenacity and all and those his things, his punching power, his ability, his abilities, yep. all those things. And the other, and then. In the same breath, I'm going to turn around and say, you're stupid. You fight you fight dumb. You know, it's like he is so good if you just fought smart. And we talked to – I I used to get on him in the fighter meetings. Even though I didn't like him, I'd say, like, are you going to fight smart? And he's like, oh, I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to pace myself. I'm going to do this. And and But when he gets in there, he just can't yep. help himself. He just can't help himself. And don't get me wrong. That translates great. Oh, translates to great for the, for the fans. Yeah, for TV and for, for, for the fans, it translates – perfectly for that but the problem even when he got done and he walked out of the cage he turns to the crowd and goes are you not entertained look dude you just lost like it comes to the point where you, you got to start figuring out like hey they're not going to keep paying you what you're making <coughs> sorry I'm still battling with this cold um you're you're not gonna they're not gonna keep paying you what you're making if you lose keep you, losing. Keep, <laughs> you yeah. keep losing and so <coughs> excuse me and so he's going to have a hard time. Um, I don't know if he signed a four-fight deal or a six-fight deal or whatever it was, but he's 35, I believe, now. 34. You know, he's already had, he's had, a, he's had, he's had a couple really big-time battles, Eddie Alvarez battles. Those ones were tough. You know, his, uh, you know, his, his last fight with Oliveira, this fight right now, I mean, he's, he's had some battles. The, the Brent Primus fight, that fight was a, a battle, too, the second one. He took some shots the Will in that Brooks fight. fight. <clears throat> the Will Brooks fights, those fights as well. So there's a lot. I think that he is, he battles with himself <laughs> on to be, to be an entertainer or to get the win. <clears throat> you know, um, he just got to learn. I guess, I don't know what to say. At this stage in your career, any chance you had of probably getting back to the title shot is might, might be gone. 
You know, so, and it's not going to get easier with the younger studs that are coming from the top now. They're going to consider you just a gatekeeper. And this just comes with not, this just comes with the fact that you've lost two in a row. Sure, you lost one for the title, you know, but then you lost to Justin. Justin getting back on the win track. He had a great, he, he, like you said, he got Chandler in to fight his fight. And I just, I I can't say that I'm surprised. That's the thing, is I can't say that I'm surprised at all. But when he started utilizing his wrestling only after he was in trouble is when I realized his explosiveness on the takedowns were were oh, done. By there the time he had by the he, time he started trying to wrestle, he'd already had his leg fucking chewed up, and so everything was yeah. it, there was it just wasn't there. You look and you go. There was yeah, there was. You got the there. one nice Eyes takedown. You know the people you're going to talk about. It was a nice takedown, but you know Justin was smart and roll you know, as he was going being picked up. He's tucking his head and rolling through to try to create the scramble. Nice job by Justin in doing that. That got him out of that position. So Chandler almost knocked himself yeah, out on damn that take. Straight. He hit his face on damn the canvas. Straight. He, you know, that was a great job on getting the lift and doing the slam and all that stuff. But there's, when you do that, you've got to make sure that you are controlling yourself. Look at other fighters in the past that have done that with the big slam that actually have knocked Gray themselves Maynard. out. You know, great exactly, Gray Maynard. That was exactly what I was thinking of. And then uh, Carlos Newton, Matt Lindland. Yeah, that was more to get out. Yeah, Matt Lindland. There's, there's five. You have to make sure that even though if you're a talented wrestler, you got to make sure that you're landing properly. Don't always do it to please the crowd. Do it basically to get the fight to the ground. That's the main reason for doing this. I think overall is did he did the, is he letting the hype of the scene get to him? He's you know, I mean, let's be real. For however long he was fighting in Bellator, he sure he was the main event. But the way he carried himself in Bellator was like, I'm the man, I'm the man, the man. I think he came to the UFC saying, I need to prove that I'm the man. And in doing that, he stopped caring about winning the fights and just went out there and now he's an entertainer. Do you want to finish your career that way as an entertainer? Just someone that is putting on good fights? Then if that's the case, then go ahead. But to... To sell yourself short because he is a good fighter. He's got all the tools, the wrestling, the ground and pound, the nasty. He's got a great submission game. You know, he's tough to finish. He's never, never been finished, been. I don't think, in a submission. But he is, he's a dog. He's got big power in his hands. He's fallen in love with his powers. He reminds me a little bit now of the Gray Maynard situation where he fell in love with the power. And now he can't seem to utilize he's his wrestling. to the point. He's trying to prove how tough he is. This is not about being tough, dude. You don't, you're already in there. No, you're tough. No. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. You're going, you're you're accepting damage that ultimately is going to take away your career. It's going to take away your ability to, to maintain that career. Don't take that damage if you don't have to. Don't. My dad, his major statement every time I was doing something, he says, don't fight another man's fight, you idiot. Fight yours, right? And it's like, yeah, I'm trying. But, you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't play another man's game, man. It's like, God, I, I, it was entertaining. I loved the fight. It was fun to watch, and it was a great performance as far as entertainment wise by both guys. But the guy that fought his fight was Justin Gaethje, and that's why he walked yeah. away with the win. I thought Justin looked phenomenal. The conditioning was there. You could tell Chandler was slowing down, and Justin was like, "Uh, uh-uh, come here, come here." Yeah. Well, you he was just walking him down. You know. And I know every time Chandler takes that little bounce backwards. Okay. Oh yeah. What's he doing? 
He's trying to get his wings. Sucking air, baby. That's it. He's going. Yep. He's I need a piece of air. And so he does a little bit. He'll bounce around. And it's a smart move by him because a lot of guys stop when they they'll, mm-hmm. they'll actually stop their progression towards him. Justin stopped a couple times, but there was many times he kept marching forward. And that's what you have to do. Yeah, you got to make him fight when he's uncomfortable. And every time his back hits that fence or his back foot hits that fence, he's tired. That yeah, means because he, 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 he's, he's the a guy. come forward fighter. Yep, he's the guy. When he's the bully, he's winning fights. When he's not the bully, when he's the one hammer, he's the he's the nail. He he does, he's done. He's not doing well. So uh, Justin Gates. Now you're saying that that's enough to get him a title shot. I mean, I would have yeah, to agree. Come on, you got to be honest. He's number two. Yeah, and he's not going to go down yeah. based upon that performance, right? So no, he he definitely solidified himself to be the next in line for either Charles yeah. Charles Oliveira or Dustin Poirier. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree with you. You know, and I know Islam's my boy, and I yeah. know I got, I got chewed up saying I was a homer last <laughs> week, but you brought up a good point. If this fight was a snoozer, which I didn't – I don't think either one of us no, ever I didn't thought think it was going to be a snoozer. That was the way it would work. Yeah, but – yeah, I thought I thought for sure it would be a knockdown drag out, but, I mean, I, I didn't imagine it being this good as well. I thought it was going to be good, but I didn't think it would be this action-packed. There was a lot involved. I would have loved to have seen rounds four and five. Yeah, well, I don't think Chandler wanted rounds four and five. His, his leg couldn't have taken <laughs> it. But, but you yeah. know, Gaethje put it all out there. He There wasn't a whole lot left for him. So it was, uh, I mean, great performance by both guys. Absolutely is the fight that every promoter wants on the start of their card. Yeah. So exactly. good job, Trevor Whitman. Exactly. <laughs> Shane Burgos and Quarantillo. Man, that was another good fight. And I, I, again, I love Billy Quarantillo. He is a junkyard dog. He is so damn tough. He comes forward at times that you go, Jesus Christ, son, slow down, man. You, you know, you're taking yeah. shots. You're taking big shots. And he started every round off coming after Shane. You know, in the beginning, Shane, you know, he was beating Shane. And then Shane started that, tell you what, that calf kick when it started happening in the second round, we'll say, right at the end of the first, a couple of them, but really in the second. Oh, what a difference in the fight. Oh, what a difference in what Billy was able to do. And it also allowed Shane to bring those, those hands involved and to land some shots. He landed some bombs on Billy. Billy Q was getting freaking hit by bombs and he was still coming forward. Both of them just, they both fought the way that they were supposed to. That is Billy Q's game is to draw you into that firefight, draw you into having to, you know, bomb with them as far as, you know, I'm going to be in the middle of you. I'm going to just continue to put pressure on you. And Burgos is the guy that, you know, he's got good boxing. He's got good hands. And those, those low calf kicks, they made a huge difference in that fight. Nasty. Um, and then the next fight with Frankie Edgar. Talk to me, Goose. It's, it's, I mean, I said this the last fight when he fought, uh, I think it was Corey Sanhagen. I said the last fight, I said, he's slowing down. And, you know, but I thought he still, I, I even said it after, I said, you know, I think he's still got some left in the tank. I think he's got it. But then this fight, he's got something left in the tank, but you don't need it anymore. Like, he... He's changed in terms of speed getting into the takedown, but then on top of it, his speed of the takedown is gone. So when he gets in, there was no movement. He was just trying to snatch the leg or the double leg and lift from that position. 
There was no changing of direction. There was none of that. It was, it's the speed. It's the speed factor. And that's what he's made his you career said off it of. Perfectly, is, Josh. He used to change direction on guys. He used yeah. to. He used to start to go for the double, go to a single, go to a double, and change directions on him and get them off balance, and he would finish the takedown there. It's not the same anymore. He's not doing those same things, and part of it is he's not as fast. And those little increments of speed that have gone and diminished to the point where he's not as fast as his opponent now, and he's having to work harder. And based upon having to work harder, based upon not having that same speed, He's getting into situations where, look, and, and look, Cheeto Vera has always been a guy that's had a gas tank, but Cheeto was marching him down because yeah. he was able to get to a point where Frankie couldn't hurt him, and he knew it, and he couldn't get him down, and he knew it, and I'm just going to create this pressure that makes you have to engage with me, and that's really, that's he created that situation for that kick, and when that kick landed, I was like, ah. Oh, but I'm gonna yeah. be. I, th I thought Frankie won uh, the first round. Okay, I, I know your boy DC said that he won the second round. He's so wrong, and I love T for trying to be a homer on that. But there's no way that Frankie won the second round, and he was losing the third round. So, but yeah. this is it. Comes to that point where, you know, it, they, they said it on the broadcast. You know, he's not even thinking about retirement at this point, and uh. and. You know, I, I, I am definitely nobody that should tell Frankie Edgar what he should do at any time. He is a classy, you know, unbelievably good person. I love the guy. I just don't want to see him get hurt. And, and I don't know if he wants to be the guy that's fighting those up-and-comers to where he's that pelt. You know, he's, he's the old lion that they're going to they're gonna use his name on the guy's record to advance somebody else's career. I, I don't want to see that with him. You know, he's, he's done yeah. too much in the sport. He's been too good for the UFC. I don't want to see that with Frankie. This is what I look at it is that <clears throat> it's not like he's going up in weight where the people are getting slow. No, he went he's down. going down in weight almost every time. Yeah. And so what happens is we've, everyone says, and the, the saying sticks around cause it's true. Speed kills. And when you're dealing with the young studs and they're faster because that was one thing he had always had. He was faster than BJ Penn. He was faster than all the guys at lightweight that he had fought. He was the speed of getting in, getting out, changing directions on the takedown. Even when he went to 45, he had a little bit of the success. But the speed was kind of catching up with him a little bit. Guys like Aldo. You know, he got the win over Chad Mendez. But it's like the other fighters in there started the speed, started catching up with him. And he wasn't as fast. He wasn't able to get the takedowns as much. Then... Then he dropped down to 35. This is where they're even yep. faster, you know? And so as, as he's getting older, and I'm a huge fan, man. He's If I was going to say I've got a couple friends in the sport, he's one of my best friends in the sport that I would just I, – I care for him. I care for him a lot. And I, like you said, I'm not going to tell him what to do. You know, I'm not going to suggest what he does. I just – I hope he sits down and he thinks about this with his wife and his kids and they, they talk about it because – He's done everything that he needs to do in this sport. What? You know, I mean, and I, I... I think you're right. He's done it all. I think all. you're right about... He's done everything he needs to do in the fighting part. There's so many other things yeah. that he can do within the sport that he can still be great at, that he can help other people, that he can enjoy and take pride in. You don't need to fight it anymore, man. You, you've got a great family. Uh, you've done wonderful things. You've made good money. 
and you have a ton of things outside of the actual being the fighter in this sport that you can do. So, yeah. I'm going to list one of them. I'm going to list one of them. He is one of the main reasons that Ali has oh, a, a management company. No, he company. is the reason. If not the there main reason. Yeah. I just know that Frankie was the guy that Ali was first working with, that Ali first mm-hmm. worked with. And Frankie was open to him because that's how I met Ali was through Frankie on our way to New York to train at Henzo's. And um, and I do know that if you're going to slide somebody in, if Ali was to slide someone in, it should be Frankie Edgar because every promotion, every person that's ever met Frankie Edgar, every fighter it. got nothing but respect for him and they love him. And if I have somebody that I trust to do my deals, it would be someone like him. I look at him and he reminds me a lot of Bob Cook, like someone that I can say, hey, you know, like I can trust you with anything. If I drop my wallet, you'd give it back to me. Like I can trust you with anything. If I have, if I send you off with my kids to go do something, I knew my kids will come back. You know, whatever it is, I, that's how much I have faith in Frankie Edgar. And so if you're going to put somebody in charge of handling a contract or making sure that your fighters are at location A, location B, whatever it is, it's on time doing interviews or whatever it is, setting things up, he's the guy. Like, he's someone that every fighter respects. They're not going to talk back to him. They're not going to give him a hard time. Say, hey, man, I need you here. Or, hey, you know, we got to do this. Or, hey, we're going to go here. He's that guy. And so when you talk about he, he has a career outside of this, that's the number one thing I could see him oh, yeah. doing was being a manager, yeah. you know, or working with Ali to help grow their brand because he's a stud. He's liked and loved by everyone. Yep. So well, I'm interested to see what he decides to do. Um <laughs> And move on. I know he. Own, I know he owns. A, he's part owner of a couple of UFC gyms as well over in Jersey. Have you area. seen? The, so I don't know if you've seen it. There, there's an old time boxing picture. Um, you know, there was a, a Rocky Marciano was the undefeated heavyweight champion. He fought Jersey Joe Walcott, and there's a there's a picture of Rocky Marciano when he hits Jersey Joe Walcott with a left hook, where it completely distorts. Jersey Joe Walcott's face, and it's there's a still picture of it. It's just you know, it's one of the epic pictures. Unfortunately, that kick by Cheeto Vera, you know, on yeah on uh, Frankie. Have you seen the picture? Yeah, I saw yeah, the picture. Man, it crushed me to see. Yeah, it. like yep, that one's gonna stick around a long time. But that's you know, I, that's what those things will do. I don't know. Yeah, I there it is. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought the one the with the Frankie one was I thought it was uh <clears throat> like they they replaced his face with someone else's. That's how much it doesn't look like him. That's it. Yeah. Upsetting. Yeah. Upsetting. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's gonna go home. He's gonna have a conversation with the family and you know, the reassess. Well, let, you know, let, let's say this because we didn't. God damn <clears throat> Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera, what what a performance, what a great job, what a stud you are. Because uh, even when Frankie took him down, look, he did more uh, on the bottom against Frankie than just about anybody I've ever seen. You know, he was landing yeah. you know, good shots, the up kicks, the elbows. He was always busy, and it was the pace that he brought. You know, he's he's really coming into his own. He is he's going to be that guy in that top ten. He's going to present problems for a lot of people. He is a hell of a fighter. Yeah, he is. It's yep. tough. Trains out there with the Perillo, yeah. I think, always, and always at Ruka. the guys at Ruka. Yeah. Yep, he's down there at Ruka with him and uh, Luke. Or him buddy, him buddy. and Mackenzie Dern, man. He's always sparring with Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
she takes him down and oh. just destroys him though <laughs> <laughs> i would imagine she's like all over him oh man all right hey rose nama Yunus and Whaley zhang man that was a good fight i i i did not see it the way the judges did as far as um the split no, decision I, I i i don't see how one of the judges and i know who he is and he's a friend of mine how he went with Whaley. but again this is why you have the three judges and this is why they they all get a different view at times and there's things sometimes that one fighter's doing where you don't get to see it really so mm-hmm. uh, i thought that it was clear that rose won the fight i had it rose 48 47 um i thought she won the fifth round because i had it even going into the fifth round i thought there was times when uh when rose was doing better she was doing uh she was doing better quite a bit better than way lee where when way lee was doing better than rose it wasn't quite as much but she was better and uh i thought they both put on a great performance i thought rose a couple of times dude those windmill kicks that way lee was throwing she yeah they were fast and they were yeah i mean we're talking an onslaught it was like when you're watching the military and they're sending out those freaking missiles that i was like those kicks and it was like damn but uh i just love watching rose nama Yunus fight her stand-up she's so clean her her movement the angles she takes this is where you look at what trevor whitman has done man he is on top of it because she is a machine and you want to talk about hey you want to watch someone that understands good footwork good angles take a take a look at this uh this lady named rose thug nama Yunus because she is fun to watch yeah when i um last week i sat up here and i said you know she tends to slow down but in this fight not there was no slowing down she was picking up the pace actually in rounds four and five i was impressed um i don't know if it's because now she's i think fully living at altitude and training uh, training with trevor whitman but her conditioning looks a lot better from when the first not the first time they fought but when she fought uh Because in the second fight, she started slowing down. Not even you want to go back to when she fought uh, Andrade. You know, there you go. She won the first two rounds, and the third round, she took she took some shots. Based upon yeah. she, she started, started getting tired. Because she fights yes. long, so when you're fighting long, it's harder to keep the conditioning going. Because you're having you're trying to keep everyone at bay, and you're sometimes probably fighting long to, on your back foot because you're trying to stay away. So you're circling and using your footwork. She was she was the thug in this fight. She was the one that was doing the pushing around, and so showed her no respect. I thought it was a close fight as well, but I like you. I agree with you that when Rose was winning, she was winning by a bigger margin. Uh, but I thought congratulations to her. She fought another great, great performance. I, I can't. I look at that. I look at that top five. I don't see who was going to beat her. Even that top ten, I don't see who's going to beat her. Not right now. Don't worry. It's going to come. Someone's yeah. going to get her. But who? That's the thing. Who's going to well, get her? Carla, Carla's got to win over her, but Carla's got to be able to get in now on those takedowns. She may be able to get her down, but I don't know what kind of damage she can be able to well, I take to her, I take a know, look at the two that just fought. Those are the ones that I would say have the Marina. best chances. Marina Rodriguez, because her stand-up is crisp and clean too, but now I'm not sure how she's going to do with someone that doesn't stand in front of her the same way and moves the way that Rose does. It's going to create a lot of different you know, looks and... When you have someone that you're trying to hunt down, which it seems to me Marina likes to do, she hunts her opponent down. It's when that when that person's never in that place where you're you're finally setting your feet to throw, and she likes to sit down on her shots. 
she doesn't like the throw from being up and moving. She wants to sit down and then she throws. So it'll be interesting, but her and the other one is Mackenzie Dern because on the ground, Mackenzie Dern can give anybody fits. And if yeah. she was able to get Rose down, she could give her problems down there. But those would be the two that I would look at and say, that's the two that if I was going to say anyone has a chance of uh, you know upsetting her net right now, that would be it. So who does Whaley fight next? Man, I'll tell you what. If if I was, uh, it's a it's a tough one. I would say Amanda Hebus was is coming off of a win. She looked pretty good in her her last fight uh, with Wei Li. The you know ground game wise, Hebus has got a good ground game. I I don't know if she's strong enough for Wei Li because you could see that Wei Li is very very strong. But you know that or you know. It's it's a rough one. I, I just I look and say Carla Esparza should get the next shot, but mm-hmm. against Wei Li, you could put Marina Rodriguez in there, but you might mm-hmm. be then having Wei Li win that fight, and then you're right back to okay now I got to come up with someone else because you can't put Wei Li right back in against Rose again. She's lost to her twice in a row. Yeah, I think you put Wei Li and Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. Because both both come off losses. That's true. One's got to get a win. That's a good point. Very good you know, job there, Josh. Matchmaker Thompson. Nice job, baby. Always yes, thinking. I finally did something right. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. That's actually what you're looking for because you, you want to get one of them back on the win track. And uh, it'd be interesting. Makes sense. All right, let's talk about the main event. All right, guys. Now, one of our other sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Wayne in. Now, if you guys took our advice, you guys made some money this weekend as well. This is another weekend that we've given advice, and there's been tons of people that have been making some cash off of our recommendations off of these fights. We talked about the Canelo fight with Plant. We said potentially what it could happen, and look, look, pretty much is what will happen. John called it perfectly, and then in the MMA fights, in the MMA world, we had the Bellator as well as the UFC fights, and we pretty much called all of those as well. We said they'd be tough fights, but they'd be some knockdown dragouts, and they definitely were. We expected some good results, and we had some outstanding fights, but that extra little bit you could have made at mybookie.ag using that promo code weighing in, that would have given you some more money. And also, if you'd use that little QR code right over there, that would have given you some more money for your initial signup. So go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code weighing in. John and I will be dropping more of these things and more of these tidbits for you guys. So make sure you guys have your opportunity ready for you to make some money at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code weighing in. Actually, I will say that Colby Covington did better than I thought he was going to do when it when it was in that one. Say what was the second round when he got knocked on his ass, mm-hmm. you know, he, yeah. twice. That's what I thought was going to be happening, and I, but uh, Usman was not able to finish it off. Colby was tough as hell, but uh, I thought Colby was coming on in the later rounds. I thought that you know the the fifth round he was actually looking better in the fifth round than he did in the first, second, you know. Maybe even third, but it was you know he did he did well in the third round. It was just a Camaro is a tough match for Colby based upon they both wrestle well. He cannot mm-hmm. push the pace on him to the point where he is just overwhelming him with that pressure and pace and wears him out. And the difference is, I think Colby and Colby's power has gotten better. He's, he's throwing with more power. He's sitting down on his punches. 
And I think he has more power today in his shots than he did when he first fought Usman. I still think his kicks suck. Okay, I'm just being honest. But his power in his hands, really, whatever he's doing, it's working for him. He's getting a, he's getting more sting on the end of that shot. It's just not enough to match up with what Usman is, and he's taking the bigger blows throughout the, uh, the contest and stuff. But I thought he actually fought really well. I thought it was a good good fight yeah. for both, and I thought he was coming on. You know, at the end, he was fighting as good as he fought throughout that whole fight. Do we know what he said to each, what they said to each other yeah. afterwards? <coughs> what was said was, uh, "Hey, man, you know, just so you, Sorry, basically, guys. what he's saying is what we all know. Hey, it was only promotion, man. You know, I, I got nothing but respect for you. You're a fucking hell of a fighter, and uh, man, you you are tough as hell. You deserve to be the pound for pound. And Usman was coming back with, "Hey, man, you you're a great fighter. You're tough as hell." So they're just, you know, it's man when yeah. you spend 25 minutes. In a cage with someone, you got to have respect, mm-hmm. man, because they fucking stood toe-to-toe with you. And if you're such a bad man that they could stand through it, you got to have respect for them. Yeah, I mean, they've done almost 50, almost. Almost. 50 minutes. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, overall, I thought it was a good fight. I thought Kamaro was doing what he needed to do. He was touching him with the shots. <coughs> Not overexerting energy. I uh, was stuffing the takedowns. Yeah. He was coming out clean. I mean, all of those, all of those things that he did in the first fight, he did a little bit better this th- fight, and he needed to because Colby came in a better fighter. Do you than the think last that time. he kind of changed? He was being very successful with his footwork and the angles, and somewhere in the, about the third round, he started changing what he was doing, and it changed the fight. Now it might have been based upon you know what he was seeing from Colby. But it wasn't the same angles he was taking and the same jab he was throwing in the first couple rounds that he was throwing in the last two. Well, we know what can change the dynamic of the fight is after you've dropped somebody, you think you can get them out of there. Okay, after I've dropped them, now they're more susceptible to being yeah. dropped again. So maybe maybe he was headhunting, maybe he was just chasing more, wanting to get him out of there. He taught, I did watch a little bit of the presser afterwards, and he says, he just said that, he didn't realize that he would be able to continue on after that second round. He's like, I thought I was going to come easier. I thought I was going to yeah. finish him. And, uh, and it never happened. <clears throat> so that could have been it as well as he was trying to yeah, get him out of there. Happen. He wanted to get him out of there and just wasn't there. Yeah. And I agree with you. Colby was coming on in that fourth and fifth, especially in that fifth, he was coming to land. He was coming. He came, you could tell he was in phenomenal yep. shape. He normally yeah. is. But in the last fight, it looked like Kamara was the one that had the better conditioning than Colby. But in this fight, don't get me wrong, they're both in phenomenal shape. But Colby was doing what Colby normally does to everybody else. Starts ramping it up in round, you know, in the later rounds and tries to win it that way. <clears throat> and he just wasn't able to do that to Usman. But he was picking it up. This is one of those situations, and I, I, I heard Dana say it, was if there was no Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington would be yeah, their champion. I think it's, I think Because if you look at the rest of the guys that are there, He's I the think guy. I think that's a, a a valid statement. You know, I don't think I don't think Dana's <laughs> actually you know trying to hype that in any way other than speaking the truth. Because if you're taking a look at you know, could Gilbert Burns beat Col- Colby? Yeah, he could submit him, but Colby could definitely beat Gilbert Burns. You know, with uh, what he does, Leon Edwards, right now, you know, after watching the 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 Nate Diaz fight, I think Colby beats 
uh, Leon. I think he presses him and, and puts enough pressure on him. He wears him out, and he gets the win against him. Vicente Luque is the one that I, I, I'm a homer when it comes to Vicente Luque, and I'm and I. It's not that I know him personally, other than you know being in you know uh, dressing rooms and stuff like that with him around. But he's just my my yeah, wrote that buddy. <laughs> he's a. Uh, the guy is just a phenomenal fighter, in my opinion. Very, very disciplined. Very good with his technique. Uh, he's had some of my favorite fights. His fight with frickin' Barbarina was just incredible. So, I don't know. I just look at it, and I think, you know, Dana's speaking the truth. If it wasn't for Kamaru Usman, you're looking at Colby being the guy that everyone would be talking about. I mean, so who does he fight next? Who? Colby or? <coughs> Um, Colby. You know, I think with Colby is one of those, I think George Masvidal, you know, unfortunately he's fighting, everyone's got a heated thing, but you know, Masvidal seems like the guy that you would say that would be a a great fight because they can, they can make something of it. They didn't, they used to be roommates. Okay. Uh, And you know, and then they had the falling out and they, you know, said nothing but crap about each other and stuff. But you know, it's a, it's one that you look and you go, "Eh, that would not be bad. But other than that, you know, put him against uh, a Vicente Luque. That's the kind of fight that, you know, I think that he needs to be in. And, uh, you know, he he could get beat by Vicente, and he could definitely beat Vicente. So but. He hasn't fought Stephen Thompson no. yet. I, I think that one with, I don't know, that one's, that one's a rough one. Yeah. I don't want to see. Yeah, I, I mean, like. Steve. The thing is, I think Steven, I don't know if Steven's going to make another uh, run. I'm not sure. You know, I don't I know, know if he's interested in having to make another like run. To. That that would be a that'd be a good fight, maybe a Kiesa, because he's good on the ground. You know, somewhere in there. I could see him I could see him waiting to see how this whole Leon Edwards and Mazadol yeah. thing happens and then fight yeah. the winner of that. <clears throat> I could see that happening. But I would imagine Leon, if he wins, he's going to get the next well, shot. You got to figure he would. He should. Yeah, he should. I'd like to see the Gilbert Burns fight. Yeah. That's a good fight. Or the Vicente Luque as well. I mean, there's plenty of fights in that mix up there that they'd like to do. I think Vicente Luque is managed by Ali. And Ali, we know, doesn't really care for, for if, Colby. If I was going to be you know, honest and say who's the fight that I'd like to see Colby fight now, being honest, I'd be Chimaev. Ooh. Ooh, I know. Rough. But Chimaev. Has you know he made comments and said things about you know I'm coming for you and stuff. Well, if you're coming for him, mm-hmm. bring it. Let's see. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, I guess this leaves a little bit uh, to be desired. We will see what they decide to do after this. But in the meantime, we need to go ahead and tip our hats to Kamar right. Usman, man, stud. I don't know about calling him the goat yet, or Sorry, like, no. you know this Dana's well, going that, out there calling him all Dana's these things. Promoter, he's supposed to promote his guy, and that's what he's doing. <laughs> Yes. You know, he's George St. Pierre, who? Usman. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I don't blame him. Yeah. It's just funny. No, it's good, though. And then uh, I saw the, the clip. I guess Kamaru Usman was saying that he would like to fight Canelo. And then Dana goes, did 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 Usman watch the Canelo fight? And he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like yeah. He goes, yeah, he don't want to oh, fight him. Come on. He don't want to fight Canelo. Go box no. him. Um. All right, well, let's get into this. I think there's like one or two news things that we'll talk real quick on. Let's go. And uh, podcast, Dave, what do you got? 
Yeah, so we'll touch on uh, the only news really that came out of uh, this whole weekend is Dylan Dennis being re- uh, removed from the building after being slapped by Ali. Uh, hold it, hold it, hold it. And so, hold it. You said that he got slapped and he got removed. <clears throat> when the guy that slapped him is double, uh, probably the number one double manager whammy <laughs> that has a lot that has a lot of the fighters on yeah. that roster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Dana's like get him out of get here. him out of here. <laughs> Beat it, scram. Yep. Hold this it. What happens? Hold I, mean, it. So I want you to think about this. So now Dylan Dennis, Dylan has he's gotten choked by a security guard. Right? <laughs> I forgot, forgot about, about that. that one. And now he got slapped John. by a manager. Life is not not oh, being nice geez. to Dylan Dennis. You you you're that was ruthless what you just said. <laughs> this right is the truth. That was ruthless right there. That was ruthless. Just oh yeah, you got security guard one is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Did it not happen? And we got tape. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, you know. All right, well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our show. Um, guys, I'm sorry about the the cough and the. I'm still a little bit sick. The travel's gotten to me. I'm tired. See, uh, you gotta fire, be young, vibrant like me. Travel doesn't affect you. Just keep bringing it, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got on medication right before we left to Ireland. I got on the medication. And, so the sore, thro- the sore throat's gone, but I still got a little bit of that congestion going on. So sorry, guys, and uh, I'll try to get better by the time we do our midweek show. We are going to film, I think, again, what, tomorrow or the next day because we leave early. Uh, or I leave early anyways because <clears throat> I'm on the West Coast. So anyways, okay, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still pick up one of our shirts there. And then uh, Dave and I are going to have to sit down and go over maybe one or two new designs to get up there. So yes, you guys can check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use promo code and still. Also hit the notification button so you guys don't have to slide in my DMs. You guys can know when we drop our shows because today got dropped a little bit later because of the travel of us coming back from Ireland. Yes, sir. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. And, John, before we finish, my friend, we got to say, thank you, Ireland. Oh, thank you, Energize. fantastic. Yep, the Energized Podcast, you guys over there. And Irish the eyes are smiling. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, All man. right. For everyone out there, thanks for watching, and we will see you.